Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod of the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm just Wolverine wearing an eye patch and a mismatched suit. Wait, come on. That, that guy can't possibly be Wolverine. I mean, okay, he's short. He's Canadian. He's got a haircut but that literally nobody else has. But he's got an eye patch. An eye patch. And Wolverine definitely has both eyes. There are at least four other characters that have that haircut. There's like Deathbird. Um, oh, yeah. Beast. There was one. The owl. There was one. Was it like a new mutant or something? Wolf person that had it? Oh, Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane kind of has it. Was it Wolfsbane um, that had that? I thought it was somebody else. I think so. Yeah. And Polaris kind of had well, it when she was possessed by malice. <laughs> Does anybody actually have that haircut, though? Uh, I mean, they did their best with Hugh Jackman. Presumably at some point that somebody came up with that design that it was based upon somebody's bad haircut. Just exaggerated, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> Then again, yeah. I still don't know how the hell the Osborne family hair works. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it, it's weird. It, I, I'll never understand the two-tone stripe pattern. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the maybe it's 50th. supposed to be wavy, but it doesn't work. Whatever. I thought maybe it was Patch Day. Like you know, like <laughs> oh, it's World Patch of Warcraft Day. is getting a big content update. Yeah. Which seems to anyway, have so, time. Oh, I haven't turned that on all. Servers yeah. are down till five in the evening. <laughs> well, so yeah, this is the fiftieth episode of Transformers Prime, and we are celebrating with a clip show. <gasps> Hooray! Oh. This is like, and it's in the middle of like an overarching multiple episode story thing. So that seems like a weird time to dump a clip show on us. Yeah, it I mean, it kind of, sort of makes sense-ish. It does kind of work the way the episodes are going. I mean, it, it's better set than the last clip show. Yeah, they do a reasonably good job of working this into the overarching plot. Reasonably. Yeah, yeah it, it, I, I suppose. I think th the idea of this episode is much better than some of the execution because it does use too many random clips. Yeah. Except for the start. It, it, it starts really good and, and then it just goes, eh, let's just make it all a clip show. Yeah. So, so previously on Transformers Prime, Starscream stole all of the Omega Keys from the Autobots and has now taken them to the Decepticon ship. This is where we pick up. He says, you know, uh, I've renounced my ways of star screaming it up all the time, and <laughs> I just want to be your second in command. And, and he's like, I, I already got a, a new second in command. It's this guy. He never tries to betray me. He's got a really cool voice. He's really big. Yep. He's got a, a very large gun. Uh, it he... may or may not be a Gatling gun. <laughs> It, uh, it may and be it, could it could possibly be described as Illin. 
He's he's yeah, a very Lady fetching. He's a very sh- sh- fetching shade of blue. Yes. Yeah, you don't have any blue on you. You're just all gray except for one red spot, unlike you usually are. But um, he's he's kind of boring. But I feel like Megatron's getting to a point where he's starting to understand the appeal of boring. Oh yes, but boring is good. Boring is dependable. But um, the setup at the beginning of the, the framing of the shot is really good. Megatron is backlit by a light we've never seen before that's really bright and orangey. Dreadwing standing nearly behind him too, so he's also mostly backlit. And Starscream is on his knees groveling. Yeah, and it, it is, there's a lovely sunset going on here. Yes. Oh, I guess maybe it is a sunset through the window, but we don't usually see windows on this ship. But have we seen a window on the ship or is it just a view screen? I think just a view screen. Uh, it's always just kind of dark and gloomy in there. Yeah. That's how he likes it. That's how Megatron likes it. <laughs> Anyway, so Megatron, you know, he's he's kind of interested in this, and surprisingly, he didn't just kill Starscream and take the keys. Yeah, which which like, you you know, like that—that's your play here, Megatron. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this Megatron is really good and, and menacing, and, and probably the most scary and evil. But in a way, he's a step down from animated because animated Star- Megatron was smart enough. Let's just kill Starscream. Yes, it, and it wasn't his fault <laughs> yes. that it didn't take. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was comedic that it didn't take, but like, uh, as we'll see in this episode, Starscream has pulled a lot of shit. Yeah, so he's all like, hey, remember that Everyone's quarter- kind of pulled a lot of shit, though, except like, literally Soundwave. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone else has pulled a lot of shit. This is why he... This is why most of the Decepticons are questionably sentient. <laughs> this is why he has Vehicons. Alright, so listen, remember that uh, cortical psychic patch from last t- episode? Well, we're gonna use it again, so clean Yay! it off. To see, when, when Starscream realizes that, that that's what they're gonna do, and he's gonna see his true intentions, the reaction on his face is... Starscream in this this series has a lot of good expressions and overreactions. This might be my favorite. Just the pure <laughs> shock and the horror like, as oh. his eyebrows dance around his face. Did he not remember? Th- I mean, admittedly, like, they forgot that they had this thing for, like, most of season two. But I guess Starscream yeah. also forgot that they... I mean, I guess it just didn't occur to him that Megatron might whip it out and use it on one of his own people like that. He hasn't used it he, for... He just thought they kind of just lost it in the closet underneath, uh, you know, the crock pot and the uh, and the waffle iron. Yes, he hasn't used it for semi-friendly interrogations yet. They haven't used it for debriefings. <laughs> Speaking of whipping things out of a hole in the wall, they have to break knockout out of the wall. We so do not see how this in. happens. We don't know, and, and he comes out like his paint job isn't like screwed up. There isn't a big mark where he was in the wall or something. It, it's uh, there was just like a big knockout shaped hole, or if they had to just like cut the section of wall out and like wheel it over. Yeah. Oh, that would have been funny. It, to be perfectly honest, it, it's weird why he doesn't just make Soundwave do that. It, admittedly, it's more entertaining in the episode that Knockout's doing it. It's just weird that Knockout. Comes immediately out of the wall with no wear and tear. It just kind of yeah. a shame. <laughs> Plus, 
Plus, and, you know, like having having a mark left on him would be like, here's a lesson of you screwed up and got stuck in a wall. You just got a big line running through There's him. A chunk still stuck on your arm. <laughs> nope, he's just he just came out clean and just dusted himself off, I guess, and everything's fine. He's he's definitely happy to be out, though. He does not seem to have suffered any significant ill effects because he's. Also, I, I appreciate that Megatron was like, we're just going to leave you in there forever as a reminder to yeah, everyone I, else what happens when you fail me, and then like, four the hours episode, later it, at most. It is another case of like, like, something for the previous episode gets immediately undone in the next episode, like the, the Star Saber that was awesome for one episode and then went away. <laughs> But it's nice that they carry over, yes, but I wish I, I also just like the idea that Megatron makes grand threats that end up not actually being very practical to carry out in full, yeah. and we just ignore that. Gonna, uh, we, the Decepticons, um, just ignore it. Unless you're one of the Viacons, things kind of don't stay. Or unless you're Megatron. Silas. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty well, sure that guy's still being tortured to death. Yeah. Slowly. Tortured by him. Very I, I guess slowly. he has some vehicons on duty to do that. Or maybe that's what well, Soundwave's I mean, been doing. Because he... Soundwave hasn't been hovering around as much lately. Yeah, he's not... Well, I guess they said he's looking for where the Autobots' human buddies live. Oh, <laughs> And that yeah. is going to pay off. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I think in, like, an episode. Anyway... So they they get hooked up, um, and we and it's time to roll the clips, and we start oh, off with boy. and we start off with hey Starscream, remember all those times that you were Starscream? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, remember back in season one at the very beginning when we all thought Megatron was dead and you just Starscreamed it right up. The first scene is and really which good is where because we get it starts. The dance. It starts out as as the normal, like, it is just a clip, but then Megatron's there and Starscream changes. Like, wait, what? Which was good. It's like, okay, you can reuse a lot of the footage, but then edit it that Megatron's there as some of them, which they don't kind of do that much throughout the rest of the episode. No. I wish that had been like every, every scene was like a scene playing out and Megatron just taunting Starscream there. But we do get a nice But then bonus it's not a clip episode. That's right. Star Starscream dances. Yes, like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Oh, he's shaking those those skinny little hips. And apparently the the animators put this in as a joke, and then they decided to keep it. Yes. And bless them for Which it. Which is good, because then Megatron's standing there looking at, you know, present Echo Starscream being very embarrassed by this behavior. <laughs> it's really good. And they've also got him, uh, I think this is new footage of him sort of speechifying to the Viacons in front of like a giant Citizen Kane screen of his face. Oh. <laughs> yes. Maybe that was there, but there's more of it. Can't really remember. That was 50 episodes ago. What do I know? Yeah. Anyway, so we get more clips of Starscream just Starscreaming it up. He, you know, tries to defend himself. And I do think it's kind of interesting that this is, takes almost like an 
opposite of the more than meets the eye approach to to delving into memories whereas with that you can like there's some effect of like the perspective of the person remembering it like they might polish things up a little bit or (laughs) and i realize this is probably because it's certainly because in this episode it is a clip show uh being used in place of memory uh but like megatron specifically says I I will be seeing I'm going into your memory so we can see all of this exactly as it happened uh, yeah, which, which is... not really very realistic to how memory operates if you're well, trying to be like deep yeah. and philosophical about it but yes, I guess be- because, we're not being like, that deep or philosophical about it we're doing a clip episode and also robots well, yes. well yeah it, they're robots so you can kind of sweep aside that, oh, their memory might be more perfect about the recording of the thing as opposed to witness testimony, which is oftentimes bullshit. Cause people, people remember things. <laughs> They're biomechanical. The way they want to, not exactly how things happened or memory f- is strange and fluid over time. Yes. But we are doing a clip but show. Robots, okay, it, maybe it is exactly the same, but it, no, they're it's biomechanical. Kind of, it's all very different. They made this clear in season one. Whatever. But it, it it is interesting that, well, it is a problem because it's a clip show, that it is so much just Starscream's exact dialogue he had in the episodes. It would have been nicer if a lot of the dialogue was different because of Starscream's perspective, even if they weren't, like, reanimating a lot of it. Yeah, but that wouldn't save him money, though. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a clip episode. It just, well, yes. you just rejigger some things. If you're creative with the editing, you can get away with that and not have to rematch every lip flap. Yes. But, yeah. Or you, pay you, your you, This is a actors. podcast, so you can't see my hand, but the finger thing means the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although there is one really... I, I kind of wish it was more like longer scenes, but there is one montage... Of Starscream getting stepped on and kicked around by Megatron that's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. And also there's a bit where uh, Megatron points out that Starscream should really stop monologuing to himself. Yes, which is <laughs> delightful because it's very on the nose because Starscream absolutely it's like. It just says yeah. every thought out loud to himself. And so as they're going through these memories, a lot of them are just Starscream talking about his plans out loud to himself <laughs> because he loves the sound of his own voice. And so, also Knockout. That is, was very nice. And also Knockout is watching this whole thing like it's a Real Housewives of New York Marathon. He doesn't yeah, have he, popcorn literally, but he definitely has popcorn in spirit. Like he, <laughs> this guy loves drama. Yes. He is ready for this. Yes, until the drama turns on him. Yes. Because yes. it's like, oh shit, Starscream's remembering shit where I said some crap. Oh damn. Yeah, because we get to the point where, you know, Stars, where Megatron looked like he wasn't going to come out of that coma. And yeah. Starscream was all, hey, you know, maybe Megatron doesn't wake up, you're going to be my second in command. If and you could knockout. help see about keeping him from waking up, 
doctor. Yeah. So knockouts all well. When uh, Megatron wakes up, uh, he's going to kill Starscream, and then he's going to put me back in that wall somehow. (laughs) So I'll I'll just unplug him, which I never got the chance to do a season ago. Yay. Oh, shit. Oh, hello, Dreadwing. Fancy meeting you here while my hand is on the plug in the back of Megatron's skull. Also, I really like the, I, I'll just say my, my notes as we, as we go through the, uh, the variety of clip flashbacks. (laughs) Remember that time he woke up in a tub of ice short a kidney? And remember all those times he was a jet? Because there's a, a significant chunk of it that's just like, talking about how he used to be able to transform and then they show (laughs) all these clips of him turning into a jet and it's like hey remember how he used to be able to turn into Uh, a jet that was good times oh i just i i had a thing in my notes that i just realized the answer to my note was like how the hell did he even get on the nemesis if he can't fly anymore and then oh right he still has that portable warp gate thingy yeah yeah. He has a, yeah, a ground yeah, bridge up. But yes, that, that frankly was the point where it started getting a little tedious when it's just every clip of every time he ever transformed. <laughs> Please. Yeah, and, and it turns out half of those was running away from Megatron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, this means that, uh, Dreadwing gets there just in time to get to the whole part where uh, Starscream woke his brother out of uh, hibernation, uh, basically got him killed, brought him back as a horrific zombie, and then he was trapped in an alternate dimension. <laughs> hey, remember that time Starscream desecrated a corpse? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Also, I, mm. I forget whether it's, like, Starscream saying something... About, like, how, how none of them are, you know, nobody's perfect or something. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure Dreadwing is the perfect second in command. I'm sorry, but, <laughs> but he found it. You can say whatever you make up whatever excuses you want, but he's, he's found his perfect second in command. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh... Also, there's a bit where Starscream says something about how, I don't remember how you can, you can just slap me around a little and I'll get back in line. And I was like, okay, A, that's super messed up, and B, that's super messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Followed by a montage. You hit me and it felt like a kiss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot done with this particular dynamic but it was a little on the nose with the whole it, like it's, it's abusive too, yeah. romance oh god yeah, yeah. it is kind of, well that's a relationship they've kind of always had it's more comedic in g1 but in this one is it is the most going back to your previous abuser yeah that's ouch yeah it's a little a little messed up yeah. Anyway, it yeah, it definitely feels like one of those things where it's like, is this problematic? I kind of feel like it's aware of itself enough, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's very on the nose. Like, it knows that it's problematic. I mean, this clearly isn't supposed to be a healthy yes. relationship. Yeah. Exactly. It's, 
it it doesn't it's not portraying this as like this isn't twilight you know <laughs> it's not acting like any of this is okay <laughs> no but it's it's getting away with it because like the vehicon falling and dying from being only a car last episode it's robots so it's not as bad yeah <laughs> It's Starscream, so it's not as bad, because let's be honest, you want to smack him around a little bit, too. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I just wanted to to have a brief summary of some of those montages, and and now we're in desecrating a corpse. Yep. And so... Hey, uh, remember that time we desecrated a corpse? Yeah, so Megatron decided, well, Starscream, you're, uh, you're back on the team. Also, sure. What Megatron? What are you thinking? When they're standing there, when Knockout and Dreadwing are standing there watching the monitor of Starscream talking about the desecrating a corpse, and Dreadwing is just watching it like, uh, and 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 I thought awkward, and then Knockout goes awkward. <laughs> like, yes. yeah, knockout is kind of the the audience surrogate for sassy lines in this episode. Yeah. Yes. So I I really appreciated that that I thought it, but he said it. <laughs> we, it follows up where Megatron's saying, "Okay, Starscream, you're back on the team, whatever, because we need all the Decepticons we can get because we're in troubling times, and the Autobots have blown up a couple of them." Well. Starscream's kind of caused a few of them to be blown up. Anyway, so, you're back in the fold, we need your help, and Knockout, don't do that shit again! <laughs> it's like he talks to, to the monitor, which gives Knockout chills. Which is nice. And, uh, and also, oh hey, where's, uh, where's Dreadwing? Oh, he's, uh, he's up on the deck of the ship, in the rain, looking super badass, uh, screaming rage to the heavens. He's screaming dramatically. Bees are flying out of his mouth. BRB screaming dramatically. No, there are not bees flying out of his mouth. <laughs> so, uh, so that's not good. No. no well, it's not it's good really for Starscream. Not. Or maybe Megatron. I don't remember where the hell this goes. I do remember where this goes. It ain't good. Well, no. probably not gonna be good for <laughs> Dreadwing. No. And so that, yeah, that is the episode. Uh, it's, I mean, for a clip show, it's okay. It's I, the idea of it being wandering around Starscream's memories is better set up than last time, where it was just Fowler telling you, "Oh, here's shit that happened in previous episodes." Yeah. I mean that that yeah, episode I, tried to be I funny, like but this one works better in story. I feel like Starscream's greatest hits is a somewhat solid foundation for a clip show, so yeah, I, I think it was all right. Yeah, and much yeah, definitely yeah, much better than basically just reiterating the story or the series Bible. Yeah. That was pretty dull. But and, this was good cuz it was Starscream. Yeah. And so that is it for uh, for this episode. We have two more episodes left until the end of the season. <gasps> when we come when we oh, return man. with regeneration. Mhm. Is that the zombie one? I'm ready for the zombies. It is. We don't get zombies until next season. Ah, I need my zombies. Is it Regeneration 1? Who? No. 
No. <laughs> Nothing is ever that. Did oh. anybody actually read that? I never did. I I read it. I also read it. Oh. it, it you got some nice Guido art. Yeah. Well, yeah the, the, what I did see, the art looked good. But uh, We found out that that guy, Rook, from Generation 2, is actually named after Birds. <laughs> instead of the chess piece. Oh. So he was a vast predatory bird the whole time? <gasps> There's like a whole team of guys who show up and they all have bird names. Dun dun dun. Was, was there a Shrike? I forgot that. There was a Shrike. I think there it? is a Shrike. Let's see here. Uh, there's a Hosier song called Shrike. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's there's a Marvel villain named Killer Shrike. It was it was pointed out to me that apparently being super into Hosier is actually an acknowledged lesbian thing, and I <laughs> haven't felt so stereotypical since the last time I was buying men's cargo shorts at Old Navy. Oh, apparently there there well, there's no Shrike listed on the wiki anyway. Oh, my mistake. Oh, okay, they are uh, Firecrest, Hawk, Hawk, uh, Ryanek, and Nightjar. <laughs> <laughs> Rhineck? Oh, Night Nightjar is a good one. Uh huh. It's better than Butcher think, Bird, anyway. I think a Rhineck is an actual kind of bird. Yes, the Eurasia. It's a it's a kind okay. of woodpecker. That's that's boring. Woodpeckers are boring. But they they are called a Rhineck because they can turn their head all the way around. Yes, like an owl. So that's, that's creepy. Yeah, I probably would have gone with Shrike. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were the the Primum Fuge or First Flight. That's terrible. I'm sure this would have seemed a lot cooler when I was fifteen. <laughs> Regeneration one is a lot of stuff that would have seemed cool when you were fifteen. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. That was the. That's why I didn't read it because it's like, I, no, no, no. It's too late. Maybe someday if I ever. <laughs> You're get, too old. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> too old for this yeah. nonsense. <clears throat> ah. It's like, like when I finally watched Howard the Duck and. My parents had gone to the theater and seen it when it came out, and they were like, oh, you wouldn't really like it. I finally saw it when I was, like, 16. I was like, I would have loved this when I was eight. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's one of those movies that you have to see along young, like Goonies, which, if you try to watch it now, isn't fun. At least for me, anyway. Uh, what the hell are we Short about? Circuit. Um, just the... Go on. Yeah, so that so that is the episode. We are uh, uh until next time. We are all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we're on the Rusting Hulk Tumblr. And we have a Patreon. Yes. Which hopefully which will someday get bought by Pornhub and go back to normal just, by being a Pornhub. Just hub. be more porn, but uh, Pornhub rules are weird although I guess the It could happen only on the Pornhub. <laughs> 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 we are hosted uh, on iaconunderground.net, uh, where, yes, we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting expenses and other things. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. 
Uh, and this month we're watching some Godzilla. Go, go, Godzilla. <laughs> there goes Tokyo. I'm very exciting that there's a cover of, of that song associated with this movie. By, made me very happy. By Serge Tankian. Yes. Yeah. It's very promising. So I'm looking forward to that. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. <laughs> <laughs>